I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Amit Mann. Rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast platforms on YouTube. Like, thumbs up, subscribe there as well. Muchly appreciated. So... We continue, said that so many times, we continue our, our look into all the candidates for the Raptors head coaching job, and now we arrive at probably our last candidate, and maybe the favorite. Join me to talk about Sergio Scariolo, Gianluca Bartolomei. Yes, nailed it. I nailed it, Gianluca. Yeah, perf- yeah. perfectly. <laughs> Around the Game website, you can check them out there. They also have a podcast uh, covering all the latest and greatest in the NBA. Sir, how are you? You're in Italy. I wish I was where you are. To be honest, <laughs> thank you for having me, Amit. And sure. everything good here. the The weather is amazing today, so that's everything. Mm, everything is perfect. I I I don't have anything to say here. If yeah. we are very well known for our uh, for our uh, weather, for our environment around here, so it's <laughs> it's everything as as usual. Yes. Are you good uh, there in Toronto? It's a little well, bit colder there. Well, to be fair, there's also some uh, forest fires that are forest wildfires that are going through uh, Canada and also the United States that stem from Quebec. Mm. So um, it's not great. I mean, obviously, like okay, we're I'm I'm fine, but I feel bad for for the other people. But to to tell you what the weather is like, we're being told not to go outside right now. So, um, but that's okay. I mean, it'll it'll pass and. I'm gonna leave it there. That's a whole another can of beans. Okay, so Sergio Scariolo. <laughs> um, we've talked about all the other people within the the Raptors' scope of who they want to be their head coach, and we believe it's down to three candidates right now. It's Kenny Atkinson, it's Darko Ryokovic, and also Sergio Scariolo. So this man, he was coach with the Raptors from uh, 2018 to 2021. Then he went back to Italy, and he's at the the young age of 62 years old. Maybe he's going to embark on becoming an NBA head coach. So when he got back to Italy, what did he talk about as in terms of what he learned from the NBA game in terms of the culture and also the tactics? Like, how did he describe his time in Toronto? He always talked about it with uh, positive thoughts. And I think uh, one of the most uh, important things that he brought back with him is the defense. He, he, he's always been a defensive uh, coach more than an offensive one. But uh, growing up with Nick Nurse, professionally speaking, of course, sure. uh, in NBA, I think he learned uh, maybe little tricks, uh, how to uh, keep off the ball, the superstar, uh, mm. how, to, um, how to create something from the defense more than starting from the offense. And he brought back that, and it showed in during his tenure with uh, with Bologna. Right now, uh, he won two straight Italian Super Cups right away, and he won the Euro Cup as well. And now is he's, uh, he's having his first game uh, of the Italian finals 
with mm. Milano today. So, uh, and everything in Bologna is uh, built around the defense. You can you can see especially uh, the box and one situation, for example. Uh, that oh, the, we're well aware uh, of what think, a box and one is. Yes, <laughs> that's right. And I think that is something that uh, he brought with uh, with him from his NBA experience, and mm. it showed he showed that here. He showed that with the Spanish national team. So I think it's something that he learned, and he maybe not learned, but mm, perfected there. No kidding. That's interesting. So uh, I guess from from the scope of, you know, where he is within the LBA, with where he is within uh, FIBA and Euro basketball and all of that kind of stuff, what is his name like? like what is the buzz around Sergio Scariolo? Is he a Greg Popovich, for instance? How well known he is, the respect that he gets from the admiration he gets from in, other in, players, in, coaches? In European basketball, he's very well known. He's very well yeah. known. His resume speaks for itself. And I don't have to tell you what he's done as a, as a coach, both with Spain and mm -hmm. uh, club teams. He, he won a, an NBA championship ring as an assistant coach, for sure, but yeah. he's the only one who did that uh, as, a, uh, as an Italian coach, especially. And here he is perceived as one of the top coaches in, in Europe, for sure. He, he's very well respected especially mm -hmm. here in LBA. I have a very good friend, Eduardo Polero, that works for LBA, and I asked him his opinion about him. And he, had, he spent for him just good words and everyone else around the league and everyone, everyone else around the EuroLeague uh, did the same. And when I was there in Toronto in, uh, in November, I talked to some people there and about him and they shared the same thoughts. So I think uh, uh, Toronto would be happy to have him back if he manages to land the coach position there. Hmm. I was looking back at the the win he got in the NBA. That was when um, all the, the Raptors were in Tampa and then everyone got COVID. And so he had to, he was thrust into a situation. And a lot of the reporters were asking him, you know, is this a new experience? Was it really cool for you? Um, you just won your first NBA game. He's like, yeah, it didn't really feel all that different. I mean, he said it respect, like, respectfully, but he's like, yeah, I mean, I've coached like thousands of games in my life. So sure, this is an NBA game and I was sitting here instead of here, but... It's true. And it's he is a very humble person. You can see and you mm. can hear that in every interview he does. Uh, he's very respectful with the media. He never think about him, but more in terms of the team. Mm. And uh, it's something that, I think it, it, it shows even when he coaches. It, it, mm. He is not a person that uh, screams and shouts and like run around the bench. You can see the composure and you can see, of course, maybe sometimes he loses his temper, but it's the game. It's part <laughs> of the game. And, but he, he is a very humble person. He talks always about cohesion. Something hmm. that stood with me is uh, um, uh, talking with um, Alessandra Turpiano uh, in LBA, another LBA uh, hmm. representative, uh, in an interview, and he talked about the, uh, the team, always about the team. She asked him about his uh, um, strong points, uh, weaknesses, and he, he, he didn't speak for himself. Yeah. 
he, he avoided the question. He, he, he said, like, oh, I don't want to, uh, to for, for me to be the judge of my stronger points. And I can tell you my weaknesses if you want, but not my stronger points. And he, he changed mm. the focus on the team. So it's something that stood with me. And he said something very, very uh, strong, I think, because he said, cohesion beats talent if talent doesn't have cohesion. Oh, that speaks volumes in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think yeah. that is something that is maybe not missing right now in the NBA, but you can hear it not all the time. You, yeah. you, you can't hear all the time people speaking like that. So I think uh, is maybe too humble for, <laughs> for that kind of environment. It kind of reminds me of the Toronto Raptors, actually, uh, from what we saw this past season, um, how disjointed yeah. they were. They lacked that cohesion that we were used to. And I don't doubt that he'd probably help uh, help in that category. Um, there are a few things that he said from an interview the, that he did with the crossover. And one point that he said is, uh, I like players challenging me, you know, providing a, a different view from from the court. Um, and I think that's important because it, it speaks to what you're talking about. There's a humble side to him. It's about the end goal, which is winning, but also we can do this together. And he's okay to take, there are a few other quotes here where he's saying things like the principles that I have within my offense and defense, and we're going to get to that in a second. Um, those are the principles, but you can deviate from it if you feel something is the right way to go. Like these are just the the guidelines, For sure. it's like, but freedom, creativity, is so important in basketball and also i mean again we're going to get to this in a second but within his offense and his defensive structure you have to put some trust in the players to make the right decisions considering Absolutely. they are on the court <laughs> they're the ones yeah, playing they're sure. seeing things from a different perspective and it's important that a coach especially in today's nba that you're able to recognize that very fact that you got to trust your players a little bit but at the same time you are the person who's making the final call you can hear them but I make the final call. And I think he has said that too, that if you, and I, I like the way he said this, that even if a person doesn't believe it, the first time I say it, they're going to believe it the third time and the fourth time and the fifth time, because these are the things that I believe in. However, you know, we can be flexible. No, no, that, that, that's, that's for sure. And when he talks, the players uh, listen. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, of course, the respect is automatic when you, when you see, what he accomplished uh, in his uh, in his whole career, but mm. I think it's the person more than a coach than the coach that uh, captures the, the the focus of the players. Yeah, and and I think is is very good with it because he's able to talk to young players like Nico Manion, for example. I, I'm talking of the players he has right now mm -hmm. uh, in Bologna. He's able to connect with a very young player like Nico Manion or a veteran like. Uh, Marco Bellinelli or Teodosic. And it's something very, very important. And as you yeah. said, it's something that the Raptors needs because they were a cohesive unit until a certain point. And right, right now, especially last season, they weren't. And I think that that says something uh, about the choices that the front office is doing uh, around mm -hmm. the coach choice. Because Kenny Atkinson, I think, is pretty similar to, yeah. to Scariolo. Uh, Same with Darko too. Yeah, yeah. They they're trying to recreate that kind of cohesion, that kind of sense of of togetherness, the group, the, mm -hmm. the being together to achieve something greater. Mm -hmm. And I think both 
all the three coaches are great in that. Of course, I I, I have to 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 cheer for uh, for Sergio because it's sure. it's our <laughs> coach for sure. But yeah. I think uh, that's the the goal of the of the front office to to have a coach that uh, first and foremost recreates that kind of group. Both of his parents were teachers, and uh, I think that does show in a bit of his his coaching methodology and how he approaches it. There was a quote here, and I want to get your thoughts on this too. Again, from that crossover interview, he says, "I prefer to use common sense, explain why I'm doing things, and understand and listen. They help me do my job better." And I think, as a teacher, right, your 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 job in that in those moments is also to you know you have to provide knowledge, provide awareness. Um, help a person grow but at the same time there has to be a willingness to adapt and learn on the fly in whatever way a person is comfortable learning right and that's going to be different from as you said from a person who's 35 years old versus the person who's 21 years old how do you think that background has informed his coaching i think yeah he never talked about it in these terms uh, but i think it shows in 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 those ways so mm-hmm. uh, the ability to uh, talk to everyone individually, like yeah. a teacher does with his students. You don't have a group in front of you, but you have, yeah, of course you have a group, but you have a group of people, of individuals. So you have to be able to connect with everyone in their own way, even, and mm. in your own way, for sure, because you are the teacher. You are the, li- the last voice to be heard. But in the same time, you have to be, you, are, uh, you have to be able to create a, a, a connection. And you have to be able to create a connection with um, a huge range of players, young, veterans, uh, role players, top stars. So you have to be able to to talk to them, to listen to them. And I think this is shown by the the comments, his players, every player that, that talks about him do it in a in a good way. They have sure. always positive thoughts about him. So I think that really says something about him as a as a teacher, as a teacher. Mm. And you need that buy-in from everyone, especially with the, the principles that I like to talk about, because with his system, it is so much about cohesion and connectivity and, you know, making the extra pass and so forth. So if you don't have buy-in, things kind of fall apart. Right. That's right. And so he needs that buy-in from everyone. So with that in mind, what are the things that you would say are the principles of of his offense and defense, or just from his team? Like when he's going in to a meeting with this team, beginning of the season, what are the things that he's saying? This is what we're going to do this year, and these are the things that are not negotiable. Yeah, we already talked about cohesion, and that's of course the most mm-hmm. important part. But in terms of offense, defense, you can see that he always wants to play together both ends so uh he maybe pref- he maybe prefers uh, uh, a slow pace transition a slow pace game i want to take my time to to choose the right play instead of run 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 and try to score a quick basket and they always try to look for the extra pass and as we said before, yeah, for sure you have to rely also on the the genius of your top players. Yeah. So you have to be able to uh, recognize the time in during the game where an individual play it's needed. 
But if you look at the individual plays that his top stars do, usually are assists or extra passes. Teodosic is a, an extraordinary passer. So uh, it reflects the spirit of the team. I want to pass more. I want to involve the, the teammates more. I want that everyone uh, is in rhythm to create uh, a strong offense. Mm, and that results in a lot of open spaces, corner trees, and of course, some, sometimes like incredible passes, no look or alley-oops yeah. from out of nowhere. And that's fine. It's also a traditionalist in some way because he plays a lot of pick and roll one to five, like the the short guy to the to the big guy. And it's something that maybe it's not uh, that effective in NBA as it is in Europe, but it's something that could be perfect in 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 the NBA, especially with the, with the with the roster that the Raptors uh, the Raptors have. Uh, with uh, with the arrival of Pultel, they started to play that kind of uh, that kind of pick and roll. So uh, it's something that Scariolo could improve or perfect yeah. in, in his in his own way. And defensively speaking, uh, we already mentioned the box and one that uh, he brought in, yeah. uh, he brought back with uh, with his M- with his NBA experience. But mm-hmm. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I think it's all about the effort. He sets some goals. You, uh, I read a, uh, an, an essay he, he, he wrote for the, um, for the league, and he talks a lot about the effort, to make an extra effort, like steal a ball or in order yeah. to contest a shot, in order to grab a rebound, in order to feel all the areas, all the, all the spots on the court to... Stay really close to your to your opponent, and mm. and it sets that kind of goal. Like we have to contest the fifty percent of the shots of the of the opponents. We have to uh, try to steal at least uh, five balls per game. We have to grab at least ten offensive rebounds and something like that. It sets some goals. Some. And these are common goals, not necessarily individual goals, because in order to achieve that, you have to play together. Sure. And that's something that I think it's at the at the very core of his of his principle, all mm. all around principles. Yeah. So, mm. referring back to that crosser interview, there was a quote from him saying he can't demand the same defensively or offensively from every single player because that's why some players have certain skills versus others. But he is more keen on making sure that everyone's following the game plan. I'm actually curious how that's going to translate to the NBA if this does go the way I guess you're hoping that it does, where he needs the the buy-in from everyone on the court. And with the NBA, and especially the difference between that style of basketball versus European basketball, is that it is a star-driven league, right? And so you're going to be asking someone – a Pascal Siakam, and I'm not saying Pascal wouldn't do this, but you're asking someone who is 
used to having like a certain amount of usage and now bring it down a little bit and you're going to touch the ball less to some degree or it's not going to be in your hands as much you might get less possession it's going to be kind of fluid but now we need you to we need you to screen cross screens pin downs we're going to do this for og and anobi you're going to do this for scotty barnes assuming everyone comes back next season yeah, and sure. uh, you it's the the buy-in that you mentioned is really important but when it does work it's organized chaos is what i call it when everything's fluid and everything's moving with the with within the structure of the offense, it's beautiful to watch. Yeah, that that, that that's true, and that's something he has to. Of course, if he if he if he comes there, he will have to uh, to learn probably because mm. it's a very different kind of game here. Yeah, and, and there, and he talked about it because he says I, I never coached in a in a league where uh, in, in a players league, so. Yeah, uh, it's it's something that he he will have to learn for sure. But he already had a lot of top stars in the NBA around him. I I think about both uh, Gasol's brothers. Yeah, and he he he's been there for three years, so I think he learned something mm-hmm. about it. And of course, it's not easy. It's not easy, especially when you have. A lot of players that are used to have a, a high usage and a lot of ball in their in their hands and to control the game, used to control yeah. the game. But for the for the coach he is and the man he is especially, I think he can break the armor and mm-hmm. really really connect with his players. So it it will it it, it will be tough for sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to use the conditional because it will. It will mm. be. It's a certainty. Sure. But I think that the the Raptor score that is there since I think 2016, uh, if I remember correctly, it's it's used to play together in that in that sense. They yeah. they only have to remember how to do it. To <laughs> and I think he can he, he can do that. He already knows mm-hmm. those players. So he, he was there when they won their first championship. So I think it's a strong bond and difficult to forget. So he can do that. I, I, I'm, I don't want to, to be so trustworthy just because, uh, so trustful because it's, it, it, it's my coach, but I think he, yeah. can, he can do that. Yeah, and it comes down to the players themselves. And as you said, I mean, assuming everyone does come back and we don't know, if that's going to happen, but I, I can't see a Fred or a Pascal, an OG, a Yaka Pertl, a Scotty Barnes. I can't see these guys having an issue with playing um, this kind of style of basketball. There's no reason to, I think they have the tools and if anything, they do just want to win games. They just need the the structure and the foundation, and then they're going to be able to take advantage of it. And especially, you know, now with what we're seeing in these playoffs is being versatile with your offense and defense and being malleable and being able to um, change things up is pretty important because once a team, as you go further into a series, game five onwards, game four onwards, whatever, you know, we, you know, each other's place. Like everybody knows each other. So That's being right. able to, you know, throw some curveballs here or there with your, with your style, maybe it's a, uh, it's a person who doesn't typically screen, right? Maybe now it's OG and Anobi screening for Pascal Siakam. Now there's a down screen and then you have someone, Fred Van Vliet's curling off a pin down or something like that. And then that's something they haven't seen before. And now you can work off of that. And 
Um, if everyone's in tune with that and everyone knows that stuff like that could come um, from your from your coaching staff, then I mean, everyone's locked in too. Everyone's more engaged. And that's probably the biggest thing as we're talking about this is this style of basketball, especially offensively, it keeps everyone involved. And that does provide a better rhythm and that help with shot making. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And I think talking about the current players in the Raptor roster, I think that one of the key players would could be OG. Hmm. He's the kind of player that for Scariolo is everything. Is like uh, uh, an all-around player. Is very good. He's improved his offense a lot. Is a a great defender. Hmm. And I think and he took he, he takes corner threes that are one of the, of the key shots for for Scariolo. And I think that his will to be uh, at the service of the team that he, sh- he has shown, I think, since his first days in, in NBA, mm. will be a, 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 would be a key there. And, and I think all the other players will, will follow. And especially because I think this year, this season, has been a, a huge disappointment, even for them, I think. I, I don't want to, to, to assume anything, but when you are at least an eighth or seventh seed for mm-hmm. sure, not even qualifying for the playoffs is a, a huge disappointment. Even Ujiri, when, when he, he released the nurse, said, I, I, I didn't want to watch that kind of game from my players because I, I, I knew that that was not their, 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 their kind of game, sure. their, 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 their usual game, their usual plays. So I think that all the players will embrace the next coach, uh, Atkinson, uh, Scariolo. Human nature. Matter, but right? Yeah. The, the fact that they want to overcome the past year in terms of disappointment, mm. uh, it's, it's a strong factor in the in, in next season attitude, I think. All three coaches, as we mentioned before, are very good in terms of motivating their 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 players. The and Scariolo, I think, uh, knowing already the the, the, the Raptors' environment uh, would be especially fit for that kind of task. Does he typically run a little bit deeper of a rotation? Maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know. No, it's I I think it's. Like nine, uh, ten, say that. yeah, ten or so. Yeah, yeah, no, we can say that, uh, especially because I think here is is a little bit different because uh, having the national championship and the Euroleague, you basically have two different teams. Hmm. Because when you try to uh, win the Euroleague, uh, you uh, focus on that. When you have the all, all the necessary cards to at least go further in the Euroleague. You try to win that, to focus on that. And you need a, a, a very long, long, long bench to do that. Sure. You need, you need, and you need depth. So uh, you have to be able to connect to the first player on the bench and the last player on the bench. Mm-hmm. Be- besides, of course, your starting five. So it's something also that the Raptors need because I last year I remember that Siakam was first in usage, in usage and 
Barnes. <laughs> been, was... he, yeah, they've been first and second in minutes for years. Anunobi yes. and Barnes were around the top twenty. So yeah, yeah. Uh, when you when you have options on your bench and you tend not to use them, it's mm-hmm. difficult to get them in rhythm when it counts the most. Yeah, and you can think to play 82 games with the same five players all the time for 48 minutes or of course uh, around it i got you and <laughs> i think that uh, that uh, that stagiolo could improve that kind of thoughts and in that way uh, help the youngster improve mm-hmm. i think that uh, especially malakai Flynn. Uh, last year had some games where he showed what he could do. Yeah. And it's important to have a player like that when you run for the playoffs and even, and even more. And that's something that is missing right now. But Mm -hmm. I think that the new coach can learn from the mistakes made from in the past. So him being one of the, I think, finest basketball minds we have here in Europe can really, really do something in that case. And especially for young players and help them improve. That's a quote right there. Finest basketball minds. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> if, <Thank> you. <laughs> if, uh, if things go, you know, the way that we're, we're thinking, um, the Raptors, we know this, uh, this past season, their bench wasn't heavily used and it became a talking point, especially as, um, Nick Nurse was fired, and then the goals come out, and Masai Ujiri not happy with how the bench was used, how players have been developing. And again, this style of basketball, sharing the basketball, it's more about, you know, do you understand the system? And then everyone can, quote, unquote, eat out of it, right? As long as you, sure. you're following the, the guidelines of the, the, the offense, and especially also the defense. It's about knowing the game plan and executing it. And if everyone is doing that, then you should be able to get minutes, right? And if you're not, then probably Sergio is going to tell you that you probably can't play. But there's probably going to be more opportunity within this kind of style of game um, for everyone to get a few more minutes. And I would imagine probably in the meetings that Masai, Bobby, and Sergio have had, shooting has been addressed. And I hope, um, I'm sure Nick Nurse would have said this too last season, that you know if I had more shooting... Things would have gone better, um, but uh, I would imagine that's probably going to be on the Raptors to-do list during the offseason. Maybe it gets uh, addressed at the draft. I'm not saying that person would you know, be able to be a rotation player. We don't put the expectations on a person, but I, I, they could go with a movement shooter instead of somebody else just because of you know the need and how much easier it is to draft shooting as opposed to acquire shooting. Yeah, for sure. I think that, of course, a coach can, can't do all by himself. He yeah. had... He had he needs the help for uh, from the from the front mm-hmm. office, but I think that also Masai Ujiri would would be willing to to do that. I I, 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 I didn't have the impression that he he wanted to be a mediocre team. There are no. teams that mm-hmm. are uh, are you know when when the season starts that okay that team is not gonna do something more than twenty wins on 82 games and you already know that but in his case I think that even if he plays with uh, like 10 rookies he, he, he still wants to win the championship it's that, 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 the, the kind of mentality that a, a coach needs because when I, when I tell you okay I need those players in order to 
achieve what you want. Hmm. Okay, then I'm going to draft them or try to trade them or sign them from the free the free agency. So I think that uh, they have uh, um, a strong plan in mind. Then it's up to them to uh, make it work. But yeah. I think uh, both the front office and the next coach will not accept anything less than the playoffs. For hmm. for for sure. I have thought about this yeah, too. I, is... for, for sure, maybe not, but at, le- at least it's my opinion on, on the mindset I saw there uh, being in Toronto. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I've thought about this a bit that, you know, depending on the coach that they get, does it inform their goals for next season or their approach? Because we're going to find out, I think, about the coach before we find out about free agency, who's coming back, who's not, trades and so forth. So if you bring in a Sergio, does that mean you're running it back, so to speak? Or if you bring in a Kenny Atkinson, does that mean that we're going into development mode? I don't know, but it, it does. It seems strange to bring in Sergio if you weren't going to be bringing back or at least trying again with this core or close to it. Yeah, for sure. It it sets some goals to uh, choose one coach uh, instead Mm -hmm. of another, but I can't see the Raptors doing that with the mindset. Okay. We're going to rebuild, for example. Yeah. Uh, Because even Kenny Atkinson, when he had the Brooklyn Nets, the very young core of Brooklyn Nets, he started to be, like, okay, uh, we are going to start the season as a development team. Mm-hmm. And they made made it to the playoffs with a couple of guys that went far as an all-stars. Yeah. As, as all-stars. We are, winning is the expectation regardless. Winning is, yeah. like, the playoffs are probably going to be think, the goal. Yeah. I think, yeah, but o- of course it can, it, can go, it can go south very quickly. But uh, I don't think it's up to... to to the the choice of the of the coach particularly final question so typically you know when a head coach comes through they bring some assistance with them or they have recommendations and i would imagine that sergio would probably bring some european coaches with them when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. I would think. Maybe, maybe not. But who are some names that come to mind for you that maybe Sergio has a good relationship with or people that he thinks could help him be successful in the NBA? There were some rumors that I heard and they were very interesting about uh, Sarunas Yazikiewicz. They were just rumors. Not and, and There's nothing said or written or... it. 
And it's interesting because I, I heard that the Raptors were interviewing him as well. And he, he is also one of the best coaches in, in EuroLeague. And they were talking about um, putting them together as a head coach and assistant, uh, assistant coach. And for us, it's like a dream team on the bench. And especially considering that uh, Scariolo, I think maybe four years ago, he was still there in, in, uh, in Toronto when he said, I, I sincerely recommend to, to hire European coaches there in the yeah. NBA. But it's really difficult to have an head coach coming from Europe and starting right away as, a, as an NBA head coach. And having both of them in that kind of situation would be a, a, a dream, a real dream. And it, I think it can really open, open the doors for European coaches to make the jump. And even just, even just uh, Scariolo, if he brings someone from his coaching staff in, here in Bologna, uh, he, he could be a bridge from European basketball to NBA basketball. And that's something really important because we see every day players that uh, go both ways. So from NBA to Europe or from Europe to NBA, but you don't see uh, often coaches coming from Europe, going there and have a team on their hands. So, but just to answer your question, I'm not sure if there are names uh, he wants to bring with him, but if, the, if the rumor has a 1% chance to be true, <laughs> that could be very interesting for Toronto next year. Well, this has been great, man. This has been really fun. Um, so around the game website podcast, you can find Gianluca's work there. We shall see what happens with Sergio and the Toronto Raptors. It should be a, a fun few days. I felt like we might find out today because the Raptors tend to release news on Fridays. It's just my feeling. Friday our time obviously you're wrapping up your Friday <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll see maybe it does come later on today and this is the most well-timed podcast ever maybe otherwise hopefully we'll probably wait till next week <laughs> yeah. hopefully fingers crossed thanks man much appreciated thank you very much for having me